and I could not have drunk enough water. My legs were cramping all night. I woke up, I don't know how many times last night. Yeah, no, it's it's, the worst. Got to drink water. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 12 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning and this morning, less than a year out for the start of the Summer Olympic Games in Paris, France. 2028 Games will return to the United States. Los Angeles will serve as the host city. Absurd as it sounds, name you right, remember here on WTMJ, Jay Sorgi was here for many years. He believed strongly that those 28 games could reasonably have been held here in Milwaukee. He actually wrote a book on it and our Libby Collins spent some time with Jay. You're talking holding events in 39 different places, 34 in Wisconsin, five in Chicago, 25 of them in Milwaukee County, and only two of them would need to actually have permanent seats to be constructed. But it's also asking the questions of can you build the real estate that's necessary to make up for the lack of hotels? And is there a demand for that real estate afterward? There are a lot of pop-up venues that you put up and then take down, sell the seats to high schools and colleges, as well as what already exists in Milwaukee, which is a lot more than what people think. But then it's, okay, how do you fix the civic ills? How do you make sure that so often a gains doesn't become a negative for a community with everything from displacement to issues with police and security to the ridiculous costs that sometimes show up with the Olympic Games and how the IOC runs them? You know, we almost had the closest thing possible to that reality. There was a bid by Chicago, if you may remember, to host the 2016 Games. That did not move into the finals Actually, much to the shock of then-President Obama, who was pushing it hard. Oprah was involved in that effort. They just did not impress the International Olympic Committee, who chose Rio de Janeiro for those games instead. Jay Sorgi talks with Libby Collins about what bringing the Summer Olympics could have meant for the city and the region. That's going to be Sunday, 11 a.m. on WTMJ Conversations. Sports is up next. It's sponsored by Holiday Automotive at Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The trade deadline is off and running in Major League Baseball. The Brewers not playing on Thursday, but made the headlines nonetheless. General Manager Matt Arnold and the company making a trade with the Pittsburgh Pirates, adding veteran first baseman Carlos Santana in exchange for minor leaguer Johnny Severino. For Arnold, it was all about adding a power bat while keeping the importance of defense as well. I, I hope he's a guy that, you know, we value what he does on both sides of the ball. And you know that that's kind of been our DNA all year. And, and you know, we, we talk about adding offense. I think all of us want to try to add a bat, but we also don't want to do that at, at the expense of our defense. You know, I think that has been a strength of ours. And, and um, you know, with somebody like Carlos, we feel like we were able to check a lot of boxes there. The Brewers will get back to work tonight on the field as they are in Atlanta to begin a three-game set with the first-place Braves. Coverage gets underway right here on WTMJ, beginning at 545. Over the NFL, as day two of Packers training camp rolled on Thursday morning for running back Aaron Jones, doubt for him and his team is nothing new to them as they look to prove many doubters wrong in 2023. I've been doubting my whole life, so it's nothing new for me. Uh, so I, I just smile, and uh, that, that chip on my shoulder just keeps growing bigger. And uh, at the end of the season, we'll look up, and uh, we, we'll, we, we'll have them prove a lot of people wrong. No practice today in Green Bay for the Packers. Day three of training camp 
will continue on Saturday morning beginning at 10.30. Lastly, over to college football where Big Ten Media Day was held in Indianapolis on Thursday. Newly hired Badgers head coach Luke Fickle providing a new mentality and a new goal for his Wisconsin program. We have one objective, and that's to play for a championship. I don't think that'll ever change whether it's year one, year two, three, four, or five. That's what our objective is. The Badgers will begin camp on the road as Wisconsin will head to UW-Platteville from August 1st through the 8th before returning back home to Camp Randall. Coming up, riding the Empire Builder. This is the train that takes you out to the West Coast and back. Let me tell you this much to tease ahead. The ride out west, a little bit quicker than the ride back home. That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Fest, Dieselvolkenende. A lot happening here in southeast Wisconsin again. German Fest getting underway today. That runs through the weekend. EAA Air Venture in Oshkosh. Three more days there. All kinds of stuff. Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Mike is going to be broadcasting live from EAA. <laughs> no, I will not be. John Mercure will be, though. Yes. Um, John Mercure and Sandy Max live from EAA Air Venture at Whitman Field in Oshkosh this afternoon. You know, we talked a lot about expanding rail travel in Wisconsin discussion about sending a passenger line up to green bay through the fox valley like sort of a back to the future right? where rail used to carry people all over the place yeah uh here in wisconsin and elsewhere talked about expanding service between milwaukee and minneapolis right now that's the route of amtrak's empire builder and while people are looking for travel alternatives that route is historically and reliably late coming into milwaukee from the west our adam roberts rode the rails In the first part of this report, I mentioned one of the rules with public transportation is that the crying baby always finds you. The second rule of public transportation is to always sign up for text alerts from whichever mode of travel you're choosing. I definitely did not regret this decision for this trip. Just 12 hours after stepping off my westbound train, my phone receives a message. Due to heat-related speed restrictions along the route, Empire Builder Train 8 and Train 28 will experience lengthy delays. Four hours later. Your train has stopped east of Haverb, Montana due to a disabled freight train on the tracks ahead. Sunday at 3.34 a.m. Due to the late operation of your train, the crew has expired their hours of service and is stopped east of Glasgow, Montana. By the time we reached Sunday's scheduled 11.37 a.m. departure time, the train was delayed by over 11 hours, with the scheduled arrival time at the Milwaukee Intermodal of 1.44 a.m. Monday morning. I was able to follow a link and schedule a Coach USA bus to take me home and arrived back in Milwaukee around 8.50 p.m. Sunday night. But not everyone was so lucky. At least one passenger at the lacrosse station was denied access to the bus because he didn't know that the delay was as long as it was and did not have a ticket purchased for the Coach USA trip. It all comes back to the main question. How can a mode of transportation be delayed by almost half a day and how can it be deemed a common occurrence? Amtrak's website has its own dedicated page describing the many different reasons their trains may be delayed and indicates the primary reason is due to trains that aren't theirs on the same tracks. Usually, it's what we call freight train interference. That's when our trains are delayed by slower freight trains ahead of us. The stretch of the Empire Builders Wisconsin Rail is owned by Canadian Pacific, 
which did earn an A-plus grade on the Amtrak Host Railroad Report Card for 2022. But the majority of the route is operated by the Burlington Northern and Santa Fe Railway, which scored a bit lower with a B grade. But the host rail concept only tells part of the story. On that route, there's a lot of things that can happen. Bob Johnston is a longtime passenger rail correspondent for Trains Magazine. During the pandemic, Amtrak put a lot of its long-distance train equipment away as a cost-saving measure to save on brake inspections and rebuilds when ridership was at its lowest. Amtrak has not, despite what they say, they have not prioritized returning this equipment to service. So that means if there is no spare equipment and there's a mechanical problem, then the train can't leave the station or becomes disabled en route. Other impacts like heat stress on the rails themselves or obstructions can also delay trains. And then there's hours of service. Remember that text I said I got about the crew expiring their hours in Glasgow, Montana? Well, I got an explanation on what that means from David Allen a longtime author for the publication Railway Age. A member of the crew cannot work more than 12 hours, literally to the second from the time they report. So when you hit 12 hours, the train is dead where it stands. All of these different reasons for delays, coupled with the red tape that usually accompanies transportation, can often leave the passenger feeling powerless, especially for those in rural communities, who, for a large portion of their population, Amtrak provides a primary way to get from place to place. My message to people in these towns is the only people who can save these trains are your elected officials. Tell your story, tell them loud, tell them long, and never stop. Otherwise, you'll lose your trains. So at least for now, it seems Amtrak and the Empire Builder have a long way to go before most people will be taking the rails to cross the Badger State. Adam Roberts, WTMJ News. Man, and that's the truth for when my son was super into trains when he was little. We went to visit family in Minneapolis area. My mom took him on the trip, right? And I was to pick him up at the intermodal station downtown when they got back into town at 540. It was well after eight o'clock, <laughs> well after eight o'clock when they got into town, but at least their train made it back. So, I mean, that that is an issue. I know a lot of folks love it's much more reliable Milwaukee to Chicago. And a lot of folks, that's their primary mode of travel between those two cities. So definitely an interesting story from Adam. If you want Adam's full report, you can visit WTMJ.com or text the word TRAIN to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. That's 855-616-1620. Brewers President of Business Operations Rick Schlesinger is our guest on Brewers 360. That's coming your way in just about nine minutes. What's old is hot once again in the world. Footwear. Just weeks after a first-generation iPhone sold for $190,000 at auction, a pair of ultra-rare Apple sneakers from the mid-1990s is up for sale at Sotheby's for $50,000. The auction house website says they were custom-made for company employees for a one-time giveaway at a national sales conference. This particular pair is a size 10.5, includes a white upper and Apple's old-school rainbow logo on the tongue and the sides. They come with an alternative pair of red laces in the box. Two years ago, another pair of Apple sneakers went for more than 13000 Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. For context, the most expensive sneaker to ever be sold at auction, they belong to Michael Jordan. He wore them during the 1998 NBA Finals. Those sold for $2.2 million back in April. You know, the 
Apple sneakers they were talking about look like sort of a cross between a Nike and an old school Reebok, right? It's got the yeah. it's got the sort of window for like the quote unquote air sole that looks a lot like the like the they look like the the Air Maxes a little bit, yeah, a little bit, yeah, but they're then, ugly. But then the top part looks like those old Reeboks that really you know sort of more casual. Yeah, some would say it's the worst of both worlds for those shoes. <laughs> Either way, sure is expensive. <laughs> this news report brought to you by Steinhoffels. Visit them at steinhoffels.com. Seven forty one on Wisconsin's morning news. As Brendan indicated, we do see some shower and possible storm activity developing over Wisconsin Dells, just north of Portage. So it looks like that will be moving into Dodge County, maybe Fond du Lac County could be impacted by this through the morning. Then it's supposed to clear out and get hot again. Woke up today to some nice little patter yeah. of raindrops. You know what the first thing I thought of today? I wonder if Vince got his lawn mowed. Did not. Okay. I tell you, it's no mow July at my house by accident. It's giving me anxiety. It's so how are you going to attack this thing now that it's going to be well, approximately... Well, absolutely going to have to raise the deck. One, if not two clicks. <laughs> so we're looking at a triple mow here, Mike. It a could triple be an, mow. It could be an unprecedented triple mow. Are you putting your whole Saturday aside? Like, honey, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It. It's going to take me seven and a half hours to mow the lawn today. Like one of those hay balers. Like... <laughs> Hey, and no joke on the temperatures. So I played tennis last night when it was like 9,000 degrees and I could not have drunk enough water. So my legs were cramping all night. I woke up, I don't know how many times last night. Yeah, no, it's, it's the it's, worst. Got to drink water. It's nasty out there. Yeah, it was so, so humid yesterday. Only 93 degrees for your high, which is hot, but like not the craziest air temp, but could be feels like temperatures once again with the humidity mixed in there in excess of triple digits. 742, we've got Brewers President of Business Operations, Rick Schlesinger, joining us next in Brewers 360. Rick! 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 Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. No Brewers game on the field on Thursday, but off the field, the team was busy. GM Matt Arnold making a trade with the Pittsburgh Pirates, adding veteran first baseman Carlos Santana in exchange for minor leaguer Johnny Severino. The Brewers will get back to work on the field tonight as they are in Atlanta to begin a three-game set. Coverage gets underway right here on WTMJ, beginning at 545. 744, Wisconsin's Morning News on this Friday morning. Brewers President of Business Operations, Rick Schlesinger, with us live this morning. Rick, 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 Rick! Morning, Rick. Good morning. So I know you're the business side of things, but your job gets ever easier when the baseball side of things is going well. And right now it's going well. We have one move here as we approach the trade deadline, which is coming up on Tuesday. Do you anticipate your guy, Matt Arnold, has uh, other things in store or at least is going to make a run? Yeah, he's he's working the phones. He's doing a lot of texting. Um, I assume texts are uh, baseball-related. So he's been extremely busy. The staff upstairs in baseball operations have been working really hard to come up with you know possibilities and trade proposals. So... Yeah, I think I think he wants to do some more, and you know this is nice to get Carlos Santana for sure. But um, you know I don't think he's doing his job if he's not thinking about other opportunities. So we've got some days until August one, and and I know he's talking to a lot of people. So I'm hopeful we'll do something else. But uh, good first start with with getting a good first baseman. 
And, and Rick, you know, this is where the baseball side and the financial side do collide because it's the smallest market in baseball right now. The Brewers have to be future conscious. We really can't, Matt can't afford to make mistakes in the free agency market or uh, in, in the trade market. Like, we don't have the same latitude that some of these other big market teams do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I think the one thing that helps is we have such good depth in our minor league system that, you know, a lot of teams are looking at us and saying, okay, Brewers, you guys want major league quality players who can be in the majors right now for two months or maybe more. In exchange, we want some high-quality minor league prospects. So we have a lot of them, which gives Matt, you know, more ability to be, you know, more flexible, be more aggressive. But, I mean, it's risky, and you're GM, and you make a trade, you know, there's always going to be a chance that you're trading away a really amazing player who's only 18 years old for a veteran you're going to have maybe for two months. But we're in a position where we want to get in the postseason and do some damage in the postseason. We need to, you know, improve the major league team now. So he's focused on what can we do now immediately, and he's going to have to sacrifice somebody who could be a good player for several years in a few years. Talking with Brewers President of Business Operations, Rick Schlesinger, this morning. So we're on the road right now, Rick. Brewers come back home to American Family Field next week, I think late in the week. What, Thursday, we've got the Pirates in town. Any highlights from that uh, homestand for fans? Yeah, anything beer-related, I call a highlight. So that, that yeah, yeah. Friday, game against the, <laughs> Friday game against the Pirates, buy one beer, get one beer free. I guess it's International Beer Day next Friday. Um, and then we've got uh, the Devin Williams uh Bobblehead, first 30,000 fans on Saturday, um, wearing his uh, World Baseball Classic uh, uniform. And, uh, yeah, we've got you know, a lot of home games left. You know, we've got two home stands in the entire month of August, and then we've got, you know, I call it two and a half home stands in September because we have one home stand of all of three games. So not a lot of home games left until the postseason. So, um, you know, these are important games, but uh, it's sort of a front-loaded schedule here. So, um not a lot of opportunities to see us, so hopefully a lot of people show up for the games we got. Brewers President of Business Operations. Rick, thanks so much. Always great to talk to you. Thanks, Vinny. Thanks, Rick! 748, Mark Tauscher next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Vinny! Idea Man. Fans want access. Innovator. Did you know who was mic'd up, Tausch? And Packers Hall of Famer. Aaron Cantman, who was a quieter guy. All of a sudden, he's being a lot chirpier and talking more, and we would just know. All right, Campy's, uh, he's mic'd up tonight, so be careful with what's going on. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News is sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and by Kohler Services. Tauscher, a couple items of uh, business to get to this morning. Some folks were really disappointed we didn't do trivia yesterday. Yeah, I was too, but I, I knew I was out for a little bit. And uh, anytime you lose a couple like we have yeah. in the past couple weeks, you want to get back on the horse, but uh, we'll, we'll, make it, we'll make it happen. Sure. What, what had happened was... You were out for a what bit. What happened was what had happened was you were out for a bit, and we forgot to. You notified Pancake, hey, actually, I'm available Thursday, but we forgot to tell Brandon, and Brandon did not adequately prepare uh, because of our lack of messaging. So Brandon did not add. So I'm I'm falling on that sword. Could have told Brandon. I dropped the ball. I should no, have, no. I should have had one Way in the, uh, the hey. chamber. Way to Truman up, Vinny. Yeah. I like that. I should have told him. But what was interesting then, there was a debate on the old National Bank talk and text line as to whether trivia ought to be shifted to Friday 
and actually people some people thought it shouldn't some people thought it shouldn't i just thought like we'll just do it next week hey i just like people care yeah, that's right. i think that's the part <laughs> i just thought really this is what we're debating uh another item of business holdover from yesterday i was telling you the story about when i worked training camp when i was at st norbert college in the food line and when i was shake guy so this is guy who does the ice cream shakes and the protein shakes protein shakes were kind of new or at least new to like sort of the mainstream Tausch. Like we had this stuff called Metrics and Kent Johnston. Yep. You never worked under Kent, did you? He was the strength uh, and conditioning that, yeah, coach. Yeah, that was um, – he was the strength and conditioning yeah. guy. Yeah, a, a very uh, – I think he was Brett Favre's – a little fun fact, Brandon, maybe for trivia next week. <laughs> Brett Favre's best man in his wedding was Kent Kent Johnston. was? Interesting. Yeah. I love this guy. He had this great Texas draw, and he talked like this. And Kent, he's, he was big into the metrics, so the guys would come and get a protein shake from, from young Vinny. But I told you about there was a guy in camp who <laughs> broke his jaw in camp, had it wired shut, and used to bring us like items off the food line to blend up into liquid form. And you asked who that guy was, and I couldn't remember. So Gabe Neitzel over at ESPN Milwaukee, he asked Chewy, who was in camp at the time, and Chewy said it was Vince Workman. Wow, Pookie. Which was not my Vince recollection. But... Uh, well, just uh, for the record, Vinny, just when Chewy says something, that doesn't mean it's gospel, but I don't know why he would uh, <laughs> right. why he would not tell the truth about that. Vince Workman was, uh, was a strength and conditioning coach. I think he was an assistant. So this thing all comes back full circle. My first or second year, Pookie, who was a... You know, a tailback for the Packers back what in, during that era, probably a little bit before the glory run. Yeah, right, early um, '90s, and just kind of hanging on there as as Brett Favre came on board into the early and mid '90s. But you would, I would think you'd remember Vince Workman having his job because he was not, he wasn't a guy. I mean, he was somebody that you would remember. I would think. Yeah, that's what I thought. If that was the case. Although, again, just because that wasn't my recollection doesn't mean. I mean, Chewy would remember who got his job busted in camp, don't you think? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would think he would, and yeah, he would have no reason to. But that, it, it, that again, you get there and you do those things, and, and Vince, you were, you know. Helping out, doing the stuff, and the fact that everybody was trying their best to to help the players out whenever they needed—that was always one of the things that you remember. Even uh, I, I, I can't imagine if you bust your jaw. I think you want to make things as easy as you can. I would that taste. Let's say you have a fish fry. It's Fish Fry Friday okay. at St. Norbert's, and would that would that taste good when he was bringing that over to you and you're blending it up? <laughs> You're losing all the texture. You're, no. It would not be something you'd want to have anyways, would it? No, not fish fry. What he what he he would pull off like some piece of like baked fish and then he'd go with like a sauce, like a red sauce or something so, uh, like that from yeah. the pasta bar. And I think that was kind of his go-to. I just think like here's a guy he had to be so hungry, man. <laughs> like you know, and the ice cream shake is not doing it for you anymore. Yeah, but I I still don't know if you're going to be too excited about having a baked piece of cod, maybe some corn, and then you you blend that up. I can't imagine that tastes good, and I don't know if you're actually getting anything out of it outside. I I per, I would much rather prefer getting a banana, get some strawberries, get some ice cream, hand it to Vince Vitrano and say, "Hey, I'd love you to throw a little protein powder in here and make your make us a shake rather than 
a piece of baked cod, some mashed potatoes, and some green beans. Mash that up and think, what the heck is that? That's not going to – I don't care how hungry you are. I don't think that's going to bring any of your hunger pains down when you blend all that together and turn it into some type of a goopy uh, smoothie. I just did what I was told. Hey, man, can you blend this up for me, man? Sure, sure, boss. You got it. Right, was, and was there any th- was there any thought process as you're doing it? This are you sure this is disgusting? Let me make you a butterscotch caramel <laughs> chocolate chip smoothie, sir, Mr. Workman. I just I just cranked out this smoothie over here. I think you'll really like it. It's got bananas in it. We could we, we could draw a couple of drop a couple of rocky eggs in there, right? Go with the raw yeah. eggs. Just crack that in there for protein. Do a lot of stuff. You can put you can. A refrigerator, you can put all kinds of things in there. Make it cold. You can make things, whatever you whatever you want to do. Training Camp Vinny. Aim to serve. All right, Dallas, we'll talk next week. Sounds good. Business headlines are up next. They're sponsored by Old National Bank. Get old. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Rich Kirchin. The former M&I office tower on Water Street in downtown Milwaukee is hitting the sale block. Local developer Ergens owns that building and wants to sell it instead of pursuing a renovation for other uses such as apartments. Manufacturer Twin Disc is moving its engineering operations to a new, larger building space near Highway 20 and Mount Pleasant. That continues Twin Disc's shift out of Racine that included moving its headquarters to Milwaukee. The Campus Crusade for Christ chooses Milwaukee again for its national convention and is expected to bring about 5,000 people to the city in 2025. That could mean about 15,000 room nights across 30 hotels. This is Sean Ryan with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio. WTMJ. While the warm weather has you feeling like new, get old with a money market account from Old National Bank and earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield. Whether you're saving up for something big or just for a rainy day, Old National is here for you. Earn 5.00% APY with our limited time 12-month introductory money market offer. To earn the promotional rate, account must be funded with a minimum of $10,000 not on deposit at Old National as of April 14th, 2023. Learn more at oldnational.com or visit a local banking center today. Member FDIC. Old National Bank. Get old.